In this hour, a conversation with Diana Lynch, the first black woman to own an international resort in the Dominican Republic. Alma de Samana is ambitious, 3,000 acres of prime commercial and residential property featuring world-class amenities and experiences. A conversation with the sister CEO, Diana Lynch, about her development project in the DR and the economic opportunities for African-Americans in the hotel, resort, and leisure space in this hour on KBLA Talk 1580. Diana Lynch, how are you today? I am fine. Thank you for having me. It's my great honor to have you on. Thought I'd give you a little music to, uh, to set the mood and set the tone. <laughs> uh, I, I see that. I see that. I was feeling that. Yeah, that's how we do it around here at KBLA. We're trying to uh, trying to transport people <laughs> uh, from wherever they may be listening right now uh, to the DR. Um, DR is a great place to hang out, great place to vacation. For those who've been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And here comes Diana Lynch now as the first black woman to own an international resort in the DR, Alma de Samana. And I look forward to talking about it in this hour. Let me let me start with this. Tell me about your backstory. We got an hour here, so we got time to work this out. Tell me about your backstory. I'm just trying to figure out how we even got on the path. Uh, you got on the path to doing what you're doing now with this major resort in the DR. But tell me about Diana Lynch's backstory. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I, uh, I thank you on behalf of all of my team. Um, I stand on the shoulders of many. Um, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn. Brooklyn, um, Brooklyn born. And um, came from the most modest of circumstances, was always told that anything's possible if you believe and you dream and you work hard, and um, found myself um, from New York to law school and a career in law as a litigator, a, a former JAG officer in the United States Navy, mm. just advocating for the least of these. So I've been doing this a while, just making sure that I represent those that need representation. Yeah. Um, okay, so you, 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 you tease me in the audience. For those who watched the TV series JAG back in the the day it's still on uh-huh. uh, it's still on television I, I was flipping channels not long ago and saw a rerun of it somewhere um but th- for those who remember that tv series jag and you now come saying as a black woman you are a jag officer uh two questions tell me about your experience in the navy as a jag officer and then we'll talk about whether or not uh, uh, the tv series was true to form but tell me about the first first and first <laughs> Well, well, actually, um, I was fortunate enough to receive an opportunity to clerk for the United States District Court. I uh, was on the path of actually trying to head to the Supreme Court, where well, actually one of my colleagues was one of the finalists for the Supreme Court seat um, at the University of South Carolina, um, and so Ms. Childs. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I felt kind of like in the seat with her um, as she was going through, and, and so I just... Um, I actually clerked for the United States District Court, um, did most of my service there as a JAG officer, litigating and advocating and assisting the court um, in that capacity. So I, uh, other than I actually um, being in the courtroom, litigating and, and actually experiencing the challenges with uh, representing and working within a system of the United States government, um, much, of it, much of it is not necessarily true to form. So... Other than that, mm-hmm. yes, a lot of the uh, um, a lot of the stories are built on sensationalism. But um, as long as it gets people watching and make them aware that we of all you know we advocate for our soldiers and um, and that they deserve a voice, uh, then it's great. As a black woman, I'll come back to being a JAG officer in a second. Uh, but as a black woman, why and how did you end up in the Navy? Did, did, why did you want to end up, why, why did you want to be in the Navy? Well, I think that um, as um, as a law student, you're taught that there's a normal trajectory of where you need to be in order to sit at the highest levels mm-hmm. of government and or the highest court 
And one of the things that I was taught is that being a JAG officer and really learning um, how to litigate in the trenches and all the respect that is garnered by, by being and the honor of actually being among the few that get selected um, in a class. Um, it was just um, the natural progression. It was it was it was something that I was honored to do and honored to serve. Mm. As a black woman, tell me a bit more. You sort of uh, tiptoed around it, but that, that ain't the way I do things around here. I'm going right at it as you learn. In the next you one. go right at <laughs> yeah. it. I'm ready. In I'm the next, in in the, in the you from Brooklyn. So I know you, I know you can handle it. We go right at it. Uh, in the next 50 <laughs> minutes, you, you, you'll figure that out. So you, you sort of tiptoed around this, but as, tell me more though uh, about your experiences as a black woman being a jag officer. I mean, again, again, people remember that TV series. It was it was on for years, a huge and successful series. Uh, but tell me what your experiences were more expressly as a black woman jag officer well i think that the important i think it to, to answer your question more appropriately is that um you realize that not only as a jag officer but in life there are challenges that are unique to we as black women mm-hmm. um as women as a whole and certainly as african-americans um which is why this resort is so important because an what we have here is an opportunity to change the narrative. And yes, you are you are correct where you're going. Yes, it, there were challenges that were unique to me because of the color of my skin. Um, they, you had to be better. You had to show. You had to be of excellence. And um, I bring that in every aspect of my life. It's not just about um, making sure that I do what's necessary. We have to excel. Because we have all those that may come behind us who have to, you know, rely on what reputation you've set. So um, it's a badge of honor that I wear, and prayerfully, I've worn it well. Yeah. Um, one final question about that. Um, I should mention right quick, though, for those who are who are listening to this, we, uh, I have a thing where I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, very anal, I, to be frank about it, uh, making sure I define terms. We jump in these conversations all the time and think people are, are with us, and not always are they with us because we haven't defined it yet. So we keep saying JAG officer. That stands for Judge Advocate General, just to let you know what we're talking about here. Obviously, you figured out he's a military uh uh, member of the military and the Navy. She's in a courtroom. She's arguing on behalf of somebody. Uh, but uh, that that term JAG, uh, for those who watch the TV show, you already know that. But it stands for Judge Advocate General. Thought I'd better explain that for Absolutely. those who are asking, why they keep saying JAG? What is a JAG officer? Okay, now you get the now you know what the actual uh, acronym stands for. Um, that said, one final question about this. I think one final question, which is, what are your takeaways? We're gonna we're gonna jump ahead again to how you got to be <laughs> the CEO of this resort in the DR. Uh, so I'm, I'm making my okay. way. I'm making my way that way. So as my preacher says, hold on, I'm coming. Uh, I'll get there in a second. Okay. Uh, actually, Sam and Dave said, hold on, I'm coming as well. That's another issue though. Deion Sanders said, we coming. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you're right about that too uh so what were what are your takeaways um uh, again i don't want to jump ahead too far but what are your takeaways from having been a jag officer when it comes to being an entrepreneur i think that um the work ethic is what i take what i mm-hmm. took away from um, being a jag officer the work ethic the mm-hmm. fact that you're going to work hard you're not going to always get the accolades or be recognized for for your accomplishments, but you should sell, you should actually take value in the fact that you know that you've done it and you've done your best work and you leave it all on the field every time and that you um, you can look yourself in the face and know that um, what you've done is a service. You've provided a service to help the least of these, and as a result, you should take personal pride in that. And that's what I've t- 
taken into my litigation practice and represented artists and entertainers and um, representing and advocating for um, my owners and, you know, just educating African-Americans on owning abroad and, and building a legacy here in the state as well as abroad. Yeah, well, that's what I want to talk about for the rest of this hour, um, this legacy that you are building as the first black woman to own an international resort in the DR, Alma de Samana. As I said earlier, it's an ambitious project, 3,000 acres of uh, real estate, uh, world-class amenities. We'll talk about how that came to be, where she is in the process, and all things related to Alma de Samana. Uh, and uh, you'll want to hear this conversation because at some point you'll be uh, wanting to take vacation in the DR, and you'll perhaps want to go to Alma de Samana uh, for your for your vacay. Uh, one final footnote on what she said earlier about Judge Childs. Um, uh, there was a there's a black woman named Judge Childs who was the actual favorite of James Clyburn, the former now House Majority Whip, uh, was advancing her candidacy. Uh, to President Biden to be the person uh, uh, to be the first black woman on the U.S. Supreme Court. We know that Ketanji Brown Jackson uh, got the nod and uh, fortunately for all of us was confirmed and now sits on that court and is uh, giving them the business. I, I love watching her, listening to her. She's giving them the business every day <laughs> on, on that court. Thurgood Marshall is smiling somewhere uh, when he sees KBJ put it down the way she is. But Judge Childs was on the short list, and that's who she was referencing earlier. Um, she was uh, out of the Carolinas, the pick of James Clyburn. Didn't quite work out that way, but James Clyburn got what he wanted. He got a black woman on the Supreme Court, and for that matter, got a black woman as vice president. I digress, having put that point, that final point, on that issue. When we come forward, uh, we'll talk about this resort, Alma de Samana, and how Diana Lynch has made this happen in the DR. You're listening to uh, Tavis Smiley in the LA on KBLA Talk 15. All right, Diana Lynch from Brooklyn. Um, tell me the story <laughs> of how uh, you connected uh, this idea, this dream. Uh, to Alma de Samana in the DR. Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't even know, I don't even know where to begin. I'm just fascinated by how this even got on your on your bucket list uh, to accomplish. But uh, t- tell me the backstory. Okay, all right, we, we can go way back. So Let's I was, go way back. I was born in Brooklyn. Okay, <laughs> we got time. I, I was born in Brooklyn, um, of an urban environment. Lived in the project in the boulevard houses, and one of the things we always wanted as children is to own something. Um, I was taught as a very young child that what you want to do is own something. You don't want to just rent forever. Mm-hmm. And so, in fact, when you were talking about Amada Samana, I wanted to make sure that I mentioned we are a resort where you certainly could visit, but we are about ownership mm-hmm. and building a legacy. And I actually was having a conversation, and I'm going to go back, but I digress just for a second if you might indulge me. I was having a conversation with a major hotel operator yesterday because we're, we're looking to and actually in negotiations with a major brand coming on board. And one of the things that he said is that individuals are always interested in ice water. I didn't understand it. And so I, you know, I was going to see where he leads me down this road. Mm-hmm. And and he explained very quickly, ice water is we don't want to come to the table and drink it until it's cold, mm-hmm. when it's already prepared. And yet we, the warm water sits aside, right? However, if we, we as African American, unfortunately, I represent a lot of entertainers, and over the three decades I served as an entertainment attorney in Atlanta, um, my clients, unfortunately, were more interested in the shiny things. And so when you come upon a thing, and uh, by the time we get involved in it, it's already been, the, the profit's been sucked out of it, the mm. opportunity's been sucked out of it. We come, like you said, and visit um, um, Dominican Republic. We don't own there. We bring conventions and conferences, and I'm a member of Alpha Decapo Sorority 
Incorporated, and um, we we have conferences with my sorors all over the world, and we have thousands of sorors there celebrating. However, uh, we don't take anything back but pictures, and so it was an opportunity. I've always been of the mindset that you need to own something so you can build. We're, to whom much is given, much is required, mm. and so we need to be in a position to pass on something to our heirs besides a debt or a funeral service bill. We need to be able to own something. And and short-term rentals became very popular in Atlanta. I have several properties in Atlanta. In fact, I have a signature property that's coming up in downtown Atlanta, and it is a co-op kind of a part hotel opportunity. And so short-term rentals are very prominent in Atlanta, but they're cracking down. And by the time you want to buy in Hilton Head or Miami or South Beach or what have you, you're going to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for that opportunity, and it's going to eat into your profit. So I said, let me get an, and I'm, my family's Bayesian, so they're from Barbados. Mm-hmm. I understand about traveling abroad, and I had hoped to buy there. However, the GDP was not doing and performing as well as the Dominican Republic. So as a businessman like yourself and, and a businesswoman like myself, I wanted to go where the GDP was outpacing every other Caribbean destination. Mm. And Dominican Republic provided that for me. Its GDP is over $94, $94 billion in 2021, and it's climbing. It's the number one tourist destination in the Caribbean. And so I said, well, if the tourists are coming, if I own... I can invest in short-term rental opportunities. And then when I'm not there, because I'm not going to always be in the Dominican Republic, I can make money off my investment and pay it down. And guess what? In a few years, if I'm, if I'm fiscally responsible, I can pass that on to my family and they can own and they can have vacations. And now we can do our sorority conventions there in Amadeus Amana instead of the Hilton or the Hard Rock or what have you, where we bring nothing back but pictures. But we can line those walls and those meeting rooms with our own people and actually benefit financially from it. Get in when the water's warm. We don't have to wait for the water to get cold. Mm, you you said a lot there, and so now I'm ready to go. I got a whole bunch of questions now, uh, Diana. Let me let me let me start with this. Back to your days as an entertainment attorney. Uh, after you had done your your service as a JAG officer, um, then you become an entertainment attorney. I, I, I'm struck by your phrase, and I've been saying this for so many years in my own way. I put it this way: Negroes love shiny pennies. We just love shiny pennies, um, uh, and yeah. we're turned on by these things. You said it uh, this way: that Negroes love shiny things. What 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 is what is that about? <laughs> you, again, you've been an entertainment attorney, so you know a whole bunch of folk in Atlanta. And I'm not even going to ask you to run your client list. We can just assume if you're a big entertainment yeah. attorney in Atlanta, we can assume the kinds of clients that you had. Enough said. We don't need yeah. the list. But yeah. when you say that we are turned no. on by shiny things, what what is that about us? Have you figured that out? Well, you know what? I think that it's it's more so because because we want others to know that we have made it, all right? And I actually was watching, I was actually watching, it's not even about us, right? You know, you can't spend so much, you can't enjoy five, ten cars, you can't do, and I can, I have actually not presented this opportunity to many of my entertainment clients, and they have a bunch of money. Um, However, what I, what I know is, until we get the buildings up and the golf course and the amphitheater and they come and perform several times there, they're not going to be interested because they don't see the vision. But mm. if I roll up three Rolls Royces, they'll buy them all cash and they'll depreciate every wow. every year. And so what, what I was watching Baby Boy the other day. Yes, I do. I, when, I, when I'm not 
practicing law and I'm not being CEO, I try to get the things that just really take me back, right? So I was watching Baby Boy the other day, and Ben Rain said, um, butter, guns and butter. Mm-hmm. And, and I wouldn't have explained it that way, but I understood it, and he broke it down for his audience. He said that we're so interested in the butter, that we're not buying and investing in things that are going to make us money and going to create generational wealth. And then we call, we talk ourselves out of it, right? We say, I'll resort in the DR. I, I barely can own the property that I have here. But there are two things that I want people to understand. We can get together for a picnic, a conference, a trip, all that, and spend thousands of dollars on that trip. We, you know, my average trip, I like to travel. Mm-hmm. I may spend two, $3,000. I'm pretty frugal. They call me the black Jew, and I don't mean that derogatorily. I take it in where with a badge of honor. But the thing is, I am frugal, and yet I'll spend two, $3,000 on a trip. And However, if I were to com- combine my resources with my, my family's resources, my Soros resources, what have you, we can actually own something. I know some of our, some of our properties started at 50000 when we first came out. You could get five of your people together and, and, and crowdfund that and, and, and have something that you own that's going to be 200000 or more in a year or two. So it's just really having the mindset that you can do it, you just need to make sure you don't talk yourself out of it and that you need to really put at least a, the lion's share of your assets in something that's going to make you money and create a return for you to create a better life for yourself. Yep. You struggle here every day and you can live in other places. You can live in other places. And if you don't wish to live in other places, you can own in other places where it takes for itself and maybe perhaps even take care of your livelihood in the U.S. Um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because you never know how these shows work out. <clears throat> I'm on the air three hours every day, Diana, and uh, on any given day, uh, dots get connected in interesting and unique ways. We just spent um, uh, a, a part of our show today before you came on talking to a brother who just made history in, uh, in Texas. Uh, and we were talking to him uh, about uh, uh, about real estate and land ownership. He's the first uh, person, mm-hmm. first black person ever to be elected to the Texas Land Title Association Board. 115 years they've been around, uh, and uh, mm-hmm. they finally got a black man uh, uh, who uh, uh, is now on that board in Texas. His name is Johnny Collins II. So we were talking to him before you came on about real estate, and he was saying a lot of what you're saying here. You come behind it, sort of amening what he was saying about the value. Yes. For black people owning and investing in real estate. You you, you took a few minutes uh, moments ago to tell me how you wound up in the DR. That was not your first choice for where you wanted to build this international resort. You explained it to the audience and to me how you got to the DR. I get that part. Let me ask you a different question, which is why it is that you think black folk are so attracted to the DR. I mean, literally, I. Uh, it, it, and it seemed like it just happened out of nowhere, and maybe because you know, you know, I, I just came into the knowledge a little bit late. But certainly, certainly over the last couple of decades, everybody I know is running down to the DR for vacation. Um, for those who've not been there, what's the what's the magnet draw? What's the what's the what, what's what, what's pulling black folk to the DR? Well, you know, um, Dominican Republic has a lot to offer to many different individuals. Mm -hmm. And so you have the individuals who want to have the hot girl and hot boy trip and they go to parts of the DR where they can have fun and party and vacation. And they may go to uh, one part. They may want to, uh, because of the close proximity um, to Punta Cana and various other destinations throughout the Dominican Republic, it's very economical to travel there. Mm -hmm. Um, The government, the government that's there is um, very, um, pro-American. Um, they are actually, um, as far as Punta Cana being a tourist destination, but let me say this. 
Ama de Samana is on the northern shore of the Dominican Republic. It is for the, um, in fact, when I talk to people who are from the Dominican Republic and I, they say, where are you going, Punta Cana? And I was like, no, I'm going to Samana. And they'll almost invariably repeat after me and say, Samana. And I'm like, what's that about? <laughs> because that's where they vacation. Mm-hmm. That's been preserved for them. It's the Martha's Vineyard. It's like Monte Carlo if you're in Las Terrenas and you look at it. You don't even feel like almost that you're in the Caribbean because of the original settlers came largely from Canada and France and various other places. And up until many years ago, you could not even access it except by boat. So the northern shore, Samana, is a new and up and coming um, area of the Dominican Republic. It is where you see eight, where you have ATV rides and waterfalls, and on our property we have natural rivers and um, farm to table cuisine. Where, and, but but the reason, and I don't want to miss this because I would be remiss to to go past this session without telling you this. The reason originally I came to Dominican Republic was simply to vacation in a mature. Mm-hmm. So I elected to go to Samana. However, so and not South Beach, but Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. I wanted to travel there. I'm of a discriminating age. However, when I got there, God be it to glory that I was able to see per- permits and building and all sorts of other things. And I said, what is happening in Samana? And fortunately, Los Serenas was where um, there's a, prop- a, a property that some of my developers are developing there, and I've, I've developed an affinity there at um, in, in Los Terrenas at their apart hotel. But then a group of developers and myself, I developed property in Atlanta. Like I said, I'm a developer um, mm-hmm. and have some properties coming up in Atlanta. We learned about a sacred place a place that was settled by freed American slaves, emancipated Americans, that we're actually going to be celebrating the bicentennial anniversary when they were emancipated in the U.S. They were given a certain period of time to relocate or be re-enslaved. Hold that and thought. Hold, hold that thought. I hate to cut you off, Diana. The, the story's getting rich and it's getting good. I know exactly where you're going because I know the story. I wanted to tee it up on the other side of news and traffic and sports, but you, you jumped ahead. I ain't mad at you. It's it's a central part of the story for what pulled you uh, to Samana, this part of uh, the DR uh, in which you're building your resort, Alma de Samana. We'll talk about that part uh, of the story, which is which is really the backstory to the story. We'll get to that, I promise, when we come forward in just a moment uh, with Dinah Lynch on KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate meets a scholarly match. Hey. Hey. I'm Tabby Smiley. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580, and we're glad to have you with us in this hour as we continue our conversation with uh, the sister CEO, Dinah Lynch. Uh, Alma de Samana uh, is the new international resort that she's building in the DR. Uh, and uh, again, she's making some history uh, doing just that. Uh, quick update. Uh, we, you're going to be hearing this every day for the next four to six weeks around here as we uh, get information uh, about the trial of uh, Councilman Mark Ridley Thomas now underway. We are told that jury selection is running long today. The court usually ends at about 2 or 2.30 every day, but they're going to try to get this jury seated today. And we're told they're going to be there until about 4.30 or 5 today, per the judge. Uh, they're going to make it a long day to try to get the jury seated so this trial can get underway in earnest. Uh, but jury selection is uh, literally underway even as we speak right now in a downtown courtroom. Uh, in the case of United States v. Mark Ridley Thomas, don't forget that every day commencing today at 4.35 p.m. on Arriva show, Arriva Martin in real time, you can hear Arriva in conversation with our 
brand new justice correspondent, uh, uh, Diane Raymond, uh, brilliant uh, sister attorney who is uh, in the courthouse right now and will be every day for this station covering this trial and giving you exclusive updates every day at 435 on what you missed uh, in the case uh, today. So you can stay on top of this case with this longstanding uh, 30-year-plus elected official here in Southern California, uh, uh, Mark Ridley Thomas. So, again, uh, we'll see how Reva handles it today at 435. If they go past 435, uh, getting the jury uh, seated, um, she'll update you, of course, before her show ends at 6 p.m. But it appears that the judge is trying to do everything he can uh, to get the jury at least seated today. Uh, so they can uh, start opening arguments, I suspect, uh, tomorrow. Uh, there's your update on the trial of Mark Whitty Thomas. We were talking earlier with Dinah Lynch, who was a JAG officer. So for those who may have just tuned in, uh, you saw the TV series back in the day, JAG. She did that. That's what she was. She was a JAG officer. Uh, as a black woman, we discussed that earlier in this conversation. She moved on from that to being an entertainment attorney, a brilliant one uh, in Atlanta with all kinds of clients. We won't call the names. Just imagine all the artists in Atlanta. Uh, and she's a big entertainment attorney in Atlanta, so you know who some of her clients were. And now, uh, as she has been for some time, she's a developer. She's an entrepreneur, and she's building this major international <laughs> resort in the DR called Amade Samana. And just before news, traffic, and sports, she had turned this corner quite beautifully to what I wanted to get to, and that is the history of Samana. Uh, during the 1800s, when these enslaved Africans were freed, dot, 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 I'll let you tell the story, uh, Diana Lynch. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. And again, thank you for having me. Amade Samana, I want to make sure that they could, they could actually spell that. It's A-L-M-A-D-E-S-A-M-A-N-A.com. Amade Samana, and I just thank you for the opportunity. Yes, I, this is why I wanted to have this conversation with you, um, Tavis, is, is to really talk to you about why this is so purposeful for me and my team. Mm -hmm. um, we were fortunate enough, um, we went to um, Samana to enjoy the beautiful beaches, the beautiful people, people the culture, the waterfalls, all El Amon and El Valle and all the beautiful things that it has to offer, and there are many. They're, it's naturally preserved, and it's not a where tourist de destination like Punta Cana is the place where you can come and relax and enjoy and, and commune with the people, and, and really we got to know their family now. We've gotten to, we've come back enough. Um, I had, I'm from Brooklyn, and so, um, so many, um, of us expats have migrated to this region. I saw a bodega, and I was super excited about this bodega, because mm -hmm. in New York, that's all we had, bodegas. <laughs> and now I go back, and, and we, um, we break bread, they make me a smoothie, and I feel like I'm in, on the corner of Brooklyn in Bethesda Stuyvesant. And so it's just really, <laughs> Best start, yeah. and so I just really enjoyed being there. But as a developer, you can't you can't take you out of one place and you not still be that thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm a developer in Atlanta. I'm a developer. Have been doing it for 20 years. Um, developed properties in South Carolina and near South Carolina State University, which is my connection to um, Congressman Clyburn. Um, I'm very familiar with him. Mm -hmm. um, and so essentially, I. Um, learned i said look there's a lot of development going on here how can we get in on this because obviously someone has a secret and i need to know what it is and so the opportunities were there to build and to buy and to create because apart hotels in this region they do not have a lot of big box hotels and mm. that sort of thing many people live in villas um i in fact cardi b and offset um villas with an eye shot of of where our original um 
property um, development was in Los Terrenos. And so uh, we wanted to do something with golf because as we went down there, my husband and um, his pro athlete um, comrades and, and colleagues were down and they said, I need to, I need to go play golf. And, and they said, well, it's three, four hours away. And we said, why is that? This is beautiful. They just need a golf course. And guess what? When you don't have it, you build it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we as a group of developers said, we need enough land to be able to build a golf course. And so it began. And my colleague, my my foot soldier, my general on the ground who's been there, found this beautiful piece of land. It was overlooking the Atlantic Ocean and in Samanat Bay. And we traveled there and we traversed there in ATVs. And it became uh, just an excursion for those that we were bringing people down every month from um, Atlanta and various other professionals and, and my network and their network. And everyone wanted a piece of this. We were batting a thousand. And we said, well, we got to own this and we have to build and develop this. But when we learned, as I mentioned, that this particular property that we were seeking to acquire had a lineage Mm -hmm. to African-American culture, it became a mission. Mm -hmm. It became um, something bigger than just a development. And I have those. I have the development in Atlanta, but that's just a development. What I have there is a mission and purpose where we could Oh, we were trying to to actually what we call reclaiming destiny yeah. um, because we believe that it's full circle. Yeah. This land um, for your for your audience was originally settled by emancipated Americans that traveled from the U.S., mainly from Philadelphia and the AME Church, and settled there. And on our property is one of the original schoolhouses that housed and educated these Mm. free slaves who made a life there and became farmers that actually provided um, a resource for the entire community that was there. I'm 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 getting goosebumps just listening to you uh, tell the story because this is this is this is a full circle moment. I assume you see it as such. As absolutely, it's reclaiming destiny. We yeah. want to own. We want as African Americans to actually own this land that was originally originally provided a refuge for our ancestors. Yeah. And now there's a reconnection with the people who are there. How beautiful they are! They've received us warmly. They have uh, embraced the fact. That Amada Samana means soul of Samana. Mm-hmm. So it's a nod to two things, the soul of a person, because we believe that we want to create a place where you can be kind, where you can actually commune with the community. You're not behind these walls that is a resort, but you actually get to experience culture yeah. where humanity is a destination. So, so and you've got, go ahead, go ahead, Anne. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no and said, it provides, mm-hmm. the soul is also the soul, which is a nod to our heritage. Yep. Get it. I'm sorry for the interruption. I wanted <clears throat> didn't mean to interrupt. No, but, no, no. Yeah. Um so so you 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 realize this is the place you need to be. This is uh providential in some ways, if I can use that word. Uh it's providential in some ways and, and so here you are and you move to purchase these three thousand acres of this historic land, uh which is now known as Amade Samana. Um how cooperative was the was the government in DR in uh, making this happen for you Americans? Oh, it was absolutely very cooperative. In fact, uh, Senator Katrain actually came to 
our grand reveal, which was in December. Mm-hmm. He basically um, said he would green light our project, and he's, it's not just lip service because we have submitted. I'll give you the analogy, but the parallel comparison. I've been developing a project in Atlanta called the Signature at Prior, and in Atlanta, I have been working with permitting for over a year for this project, and mm-hmm. it is an eighteen twenty unit mixed use community downtown Atlanta. I'm just coming out of permitting. However, the Dominican government has since we have even acquired the land last year, we have actually started submitting for permit with our um, our chief architect, who's a Dominican-born um, native there. We have actually gotten our land use permit approved, and we're now in environmental permitting. They have given us the green light to move forward with this project and have made it clear that they embrace the project. They know what it means for the economy, what we're bringing. I served as Fulton County Workforce Development Chair for many years mm-hmm. where we actually provide credentialing for people who are underserved and undereducated. And I hope to bring that same talent in basically having certified education e-university for these individuals in this community. For having, we have an amphitheater, pro sports center, as well as all of the um, glamping and other things that we will bring there along with luxury villas. And in doing so, we're going to employ the community. We have this sustainability expert, which is number two in the world. Our design team comes from UK DDL, who has designed Lakala in Fiji and various other resorts. Remember I told you what the JAG taught me is about excellence? Mm-hmm. You know, when we do something, we have to do it better than anybody oh, else, yeah. right? Absolutely. So we had to bring the biggest and the best because we we can't we can't self authenticate ourselves right we have mm-hmm. to have unfortunately we we are most critical of ourselves and so what i've learned is rather than have take issue with that just be be excellent oh yeah rather than take issue that we criticize and we we have to be better than the next just be excellent just be, be better it. than the next and yeah. that's what we just be it and that's what we've done Yep, that's what she's done. That's what she's doing. It's called Amade Samana, and it's fascinating to have this conversation at this stage of the development uh, because uh, literally uh, not too far down the road, um, everybody will be talking about this and trying to purchase a a piece of it. Uh, But it's fascinating to hear this black woman developer who has uh, done this so well in Atlanta and elsewhere, uh, South Carolina and elsewhere, now doing it uh, in uh, Samana Bay in the DR, where so many of us go for vacation. We'll continue our conversation with the sister CEO, Diana Lynch, when we come forward. Oh, I, I see what you're doing, Miles. I see what you're doing there. She mentioned Cardi B. I get it. I get it. I'm Tavis Smiley. We don't black down, and we are pleased to have you on with us in this hour. Uh, Diana Lynch, and pleased to have the audience tuned in as we continue our conversation about this international resort. Uh, being constructed even as we speak uh, in the DR. Uh, Alma de Samana uh, is the name of it. Uh, you can find more about it at almadesamana.com. Uh, it's a golf resort and residences, and um, it's a beautiful story uh, to be uh, uh, hearing right about now at this stage of the development of this project. Um, give me some sense, uh, Diana, of what you know about other black women in this development space. I mean, either... Uh, in Atlanta or across the nation. Um, this is, I guess I said, it's a pretty ambitious project. Um, you just kind of get a sense of uh, other black women who've taken on projects like these. This, I mean, this, this is a big deal. Yes, um, there are there are many, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't get the recognition that we reserve, um, deserve um, in this space. Um, it, like anything, we as African-American women or black women in general, um, you know, we have to 
you know, we don't want to limit ourselves. I remember when I was in high school and I, I talked to my principal and I said I wanted to be a doctor. And he said, you mean a nurse? I said, no, I wanted to be a doctor. And um, it was then that I realized that they will will try to align you with certain things. And mm-hmm. you do not allow your, your environment, your the history, or even what anyone expects to actually limit you. And so there are quite a few. Um, my sister Johnson is doing it. And um, I think she has um, quite a few properties um, in various Caribbean destinations. Mm-hmm. The difference, um, I think, for me is that I am actually involved in every aspect of the development. Mm-hmm. I am just not, I'm not just, in, and I don't know her level of involvement or any of the others, but the difference in many women um, when, um, obviously, in Atlanta, there are certain opportunities that you can afford yourself by being a minority sure. business owner, and they put you down as a figurehead of MBEWBE, M- M- um, M- M- right? Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. I have a colleague that, that does it well. Yeah. But, however, the idea is that um, I am involved in every aspect of the development. Um, I'm in the meetings. I'm in the selection of executive level and C-suite um, um, team members. I have assisted in bringing on DDL design um so um, as far as our design team, working with our chief architect. So we, I want to be in the trenches because we want to make sure that um, that the vision and mission that we have put, you know, we put our hand to the plow. We are purposeful in what we're doing. Uh, we want to make sure many resorts are exclusionary. You Have you ever gone to a destination? It's beautiful, right? You sit on the beach. And you don't see anybody but those that um, actually come to the resort. Mm-hmm. You come, you may go out one day and go out in town and pick up a few trinkets or what have you, and and then you go back behind those walls. We are creating a, a, a an environment where there's community involvement. Our pro sports and medical facility and campuses will bring in the community um, from our um, sports. Um, intramural sports and various other things. MLB, we have a sports team going down to Sama 9 March for um, many of the um, um, conferences and tournaments that they have down there. And our sports team is working very diligently with local um, sports teams and individuals in bringing just um, a higher level of infrastructure to that environment. We have a lot of land. And so we are there to actually work within the community, be a part of the community, and make a difference. Yeah, three. So, um, yeah, I was say three three thousand acres is a lot of land. Ain't ain't nothing small about three thousand acres in uh, Samana Bay. Uh, the resort is called Amade Samana. We'll give you a timeline on things in our remaining moments with Donna Lynch, the CEO of this project, first woman to do so, uh, uh, in, an international resort. You're listening to her right now on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. You're listening to Diana Lynch on KBLA Talk for Kennedy, the first black woman to own an international resort in the DR. Amade Samana is online, uh, and it's uh, it's uh, in the works. So, Diana, i got about three minutes left in this conversation. Give me some sense of, uh, you, you told us where you were in the process right now. Give me some uh, some timeline for when uh, uh, this thing is going to be ready for viewing and, uh, and, and, and engagement. Well, thank you. Once again, thank you for the opportunity to bring this to the masses, to let them learn about the opportunity to own abroad, not just visit, but to own abroad and and actually have uh, the opportunity to have the uh, income potential Mm -hmm. from short-term rental there and be able to have it take care of itself. This is a call to action. 
there is there is nothing worse than to create a party and none of your people come to the party. Mm-hmm. We have created an opportunity for African Americans to come and own at this level. We have already received permitting for um, the concept for land use, and uh, we're moving swiftly, like I said, with environmental. We should be doing the glamping. We have a glamping dynamic, which if you can envision this, for those of you that don't know, you're talking about Bill, uh, Hilton a Hilton or a St. Regis hotel room on the side of a mountain, five-star luxury room service, amphitheater, sports facility, all of that on the side and a glamping dynamic. We will come to market with that probably within the first year. We also will have a hotel. We're in the works of a, with a hotel dynamic, which should come out before the end of this year. Our building of villas and the golf course is probably online for two years, mm-hmm. but we're selling now. Mm-hmm. For those that want golf lots and various other eco villages, they're beautifully designed. Go to our website, Ama de Samana, A L M A D E S A M A N A, and dot com. We also have it on social media, Instagram. Like us, follow us, continue to support us, share it with friends. You can also call us at 1 833 425 6200, which is simply 833 for Ama00. So we just want you to connect with us. If you're interested in, in living, working, and actually owning abroad, and if you want to know how to be part of the mission and also follow us for the Bicentennial, which is a celebration of the emancipated um, Americans that traveled and settled in Samana that will be coming out next year. We're doing a traveling tour. We'll be coming to your city, and we want to tell you about it. Now, as we said earlier, the Samana Bay uh, region has a rich history of black settlement and labor with uh, freed slaves from this country settling in that area in the 1800s. Uh, and I've enjoyed this discussion uh, centered around the importance of honoring and preserving that black history. Uh, and no better person to do that than a black woman out of Brooklyn, no less, uh, <laughs> named Dinah Lynch, who <laughs> is uh, the, the first black woman to own an international resort in uh, the Dominican Republic. Uh, once again, it's called Amade Samana. She gave you all the details about how to find out uh, and learn more about it. Uh, but again, I'm just excited to be talking about it at this stage. I love when a plan comes together. So when this all happens and it's all there and many of you are listening right now, own pieces of it. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to come hang out with y'all <laughs> in Samanad yes, Bay. And, <laughs> and all my Saras and there all you the go. fraternities and all the conventions and conferences. Let's have them there. There you go. Let's there have you them go. there. Diana, oh. congr- congratulations uh, on this uh, on this huge accomplishment. And uh, I just look forward to coming online uh, sooner than later. Thank you for sharing the timeline. And uh, good to have you on this program. All the best to you, Diana. Wonderful. Thank you. Come out and join us too, Tavis. We'd love to have you. You know I will. You know I will. More of Tavis Smiley after news, traffic, and sports. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580.